This is a wonderful opportunity. Natalie, why don't you come on up here and, and uh, okay, I'm going to give you a little bit of a story. She would cry, I didn't need a husband, right, 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 and uh, I would counsel her and encourage her. He's on his way. I don't know where he is, but he's on his way, and it's going to be great, and there would be some different situations that she'd get frustrated about, right? Yes. And then we'd pray and everything was going to be okay. And then she calls and, I think I got a husband. <laughs> Maybe not verbatim, but it was something like that. And he is here today, full manifestation of prayers. And we're so excited about Joppa being with us today. I'm going to let you introduce him, but I just, first of all, just want from our hearts to yours, welcome Joppa to the United States. It's the first time you've been to the U.S. and, and definitely the first time you've been to hot old Missouri. And, and uh, we welcome you here from our hearts to yours. And thank you for being a part of this woman's life and, and being a part of my family. And, Thank you. Welcome. God bless you. And look forward to what you have to share today. Um, and Natalie, love the snot out of you. <laughs> no pun intended because you're not feeling real good today. But um, just look forward to what you have to share. Give us an update and what's going on. This is our oldest daughter, Natalie. Give her a big welcome. Thank you, Dad. So, um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Natalie, and I'm Dave and Diane's daughter, and I grew up in this church, so I am very happy to be here this morning with my husband, Joppet, and we got married in April, so it's been <laughs> just a short time, yeah, and thankfully, Mom and Dad were able to come uh, Tori came too, but she's not in the picture. But mom and dad were able to come and share with us um, on our wedding day. And that was just really, really, really special because if you've ever traveled overseas, it's not very fun. And it takes a long time on a plane ride. So this morning, I'm here to give an update on what Joppet and I do. We are missionaries in Thailand, and we are stationed in Chiang Rai, Thailand. And um, Thailand is pr uh, primarily Buddhist. It's a Buddhist nation, 83%. And Christianity is said to be about 1.3%. So there's some other religions there. Um, I can say that they are pretty happy in their Buddhism. Everywhere you go, there are temples. Even in the houses, you will see little spirit houses where they have built a house for the spirits to come dwell, and they offer like uh, food and drinks to those spirits. And this is a very real thing. However, they don't know that there's an option. They don't know that there's something else out there available to them. And so we are there to share that with them. And we do it primarily through teaching English because in Thailand, although they learn some English in schools, they are not um, very fluent in speaking English. And so they take every opportunity, especially the young people, to learn. So one of our main things that we do is we have an outreach in the northern part of Chiang Rai and mom and dad were able to visit there a family has opened their home to us, and we teach English to the children. Um, this is a picture of Joppet with the children. Every Saturday, we are teaching them English. And we are, we've been there since September, and we have the opportunity to build relationship with these children. It's quite amazing to see the transformation from how they were in September to where they are now. Before, they were very reserved. They wouldn't participate. They were just kind of hold back. But now when we get there, actually when we get there, they're waiting for us. Usually 
We have to keep coming earlier and earlier, even though we start at 9 a.m. They, they started coming at 8.30, and then they started coming at 8.20, and then they started coming at 8.15. So we have to keep pushing back the time of when we arrive because the children are just so excited for us to be there. And they run up, and they hug us, and you can just see that the love of God is changing them. The love of God is what is touching their hearts. And we have the opportunity um, to share Bible stories with them. We tell them about Jesus because they've never heard. Most of them have never heard who Jesus is. And we also have the opportunity to build relationship with their parents. So we don't just focus only on the children, although the children are our focus. We also want to build relationship with the parents. So we will do monthly gatherings where we will invite the parents of the children to come and to either participate in their graduation or to participate in like a, a party that we'll put together for the purpose of building relationship with the parents as well because we want to be able to share the love of Jesus with them too. Can you go to the next slide, please? So these are just some pictures of us with the children. They start ages four, go up to about 12. And I think we have around 20 to 25, depending on the Saturday. can go to the next one. Um, the lady that's pictured with us is one of the mothers of one of our students on Saturday. And she wanted to have an English program in her home. And so we started going to her home. And she has about four or five youth that come. And so now we are teaching them as well. And the curriculum that we use, um, I was able to develop it. And what it does is it's all based on relationship. So what we do is we teach them English, but we're asking questions based on those English words that we teach them so they can practice. But it's all heart questions. Some of the topics are about self-esteem. Some of the topics are about unforgiveness. Some of the topics are about uh, what you want to do in the future. What is your calling? What is your heart's desire? And so we just, we spend time with them, getting to know them, letting them open their hearts to us so that in the right time, in the right way, we can share Jesus with them. At the same time, when we get to know them, we're, they're able to share with us when they have a need, when there's something they're worried about, there's something they're scared, there's something that's hurting in their family, and then we're able to pray with them. And so then it's not just based on us, but it's, we give God the opportunity to move on their behalf. And when they encounter God, they're never the same. It's more than our words at that point. When they encounter the power of God, the presence of God, they are changed. And then they're coming to us and they want to know more. They want to know why. They want to know why there was a change in their situation. They want to know why there was a change in their family. They want to know why their bodies were healed. And then that is our open door to share Jesus with them. So everything that we do is relationship-based. We don't come in and we don't force. Everything we do is just to open a door to them. If they're interested, we can share more. We can tell them more. We want to introduce them, but at the same time, we want to do it in a way that they feel comfortable with. You can go to the next slide. Um, right before we came back to the U.S., we had a team from Christ for the Nations come and visit, and they went to the different outreaches in the city. Ours is in the northern part. And they came to one of our schools. And it was really awesome because we have been praying for this for months. <laughs> and because during this time we're teaching English, but we also are sharing the love of God. And the speaker, our team, our, the director, uh, talked to the children about fear and then he talked to the children about love because we know perfect love casts out all fear and so at the end he asked them who wants to receive the love of God and almost every single child in that place raised their hands to receive the love of God and then after that in our Saturday outreach we had more kids come because we were able to promote it at the school and so it's just an open door so we're very thankful when we have short-term teams come because they're, they are like a, a boost. They're like a support to what we're doing. And it can help us um, to have even more influence in the area that we're in. The next slide, please. Along with uh, teaching English, we also have the opportunity to train new missionaries. And so I'm the International Apprenticeship Director for Go to Nations, which means that every missionary that starts um, training with us goes through a two-year program and I get to be in charge of them. 
So it's a great opportunity and privilege to walk with them on their journey and their calling, but it's also a lot of work because of your first year on the field, you got a lot of junk that comes out, you have a lot of homesickness, and you got a lot of things, culture shock that you got to work through. But at the same time, we are we have the ability to help them be who they are going to be. We have the ability to help them go long-term on the mission field. And so along with teaching English at our outreach, we're also teaching missionaries. We're having these new trainees come alongside us, and we're teaching them how. This is what we do, not just like the practical things, but the heart behind it, because we want them to be able to grasp it and to take it and to do it even more, to do it better, to do it wherever the Lord will send them. Um, another thing that we do, Joppet and I are the heads of the English and Skills Department. And so at the foundation that we are at, we have uh, high school and college students come. Again, they are very interested in learning English and learning like the guitar or the drums or singing. And so we offer them free classes. There's a tiny fee at the beginning for them to be able to enroll because we want people to really have ownership of it. We don't want easy come, easy go. <laughs> so we have installed a small fee for them so that those that really want to study will come. But then everything else is free. The teaching is free. We don't receive any part of that. And again, it's the same curriculum that I developed where they have the ability to share what's on their heart. Little by little, we build relationship with them because in Asia... Um, it's not quite like the U.S. where maybe we're a little bit more open to share our feelings and our thoughts and our opinions. There, um, culture-wise, it's more reserved. So it takes some time of kind of like drawing them out so that they will share the deeper things of their heart. But that's what the curriculum is designed to do. Um, but the purpose is so we can build that relationship with them. And in the right time, if they're open, if they're wanting that, to share Jesus with them as well. Oh, I do. These are some of our youth. Um, this is, they were in my English class last semester. And so I just want to ask you to be in prayer with us for our North Outreach that we, I just shared with you, but also for our youth. Um, that's Eileen and then New next to me, and then um, Noi and Kaupan on the other side. And we've spent a lot of time building relationship with them they're college students but we feel their hearts opening and we've been able to pray with them and they have expressed an interest in knowing more about god because they've already been experiencing his love through a relationship with us and so we're excited for when we get back we're going to keep meeting with them we're going to keep discipling them and um we want to share jesus with them really soon so please keep them in your prayers as well we want to thank Grace Church for how you partner with us financially. Every single person that part partners with us monthly, we want to tell you thank you. It means the world to us. We cannot do what we do if we didn't have people here partnering with us. So thank you for backing us. Thank you for backing us with your prayers. We need it. <laughs> we really need it. And so um, if you have questions or if you're interested on in being on our monthly update, we send out a monthly update uh, if you want to get that email or if you want to know more. You can, thank you, you can meet us afterwards. And the last thing I'll just share really quick is before we came here, we were in South Carolina and we put on a missions conference called Ablaze America. And so what that's about is uh, stirring people's hearts for missions, especially those that feel called to missions. And so we've done this with the team from Asian Mission Outreach. Uh, we partner with them, and they are in the they've done it in the Philippines, in Thailand, in Brazil, and this is the first time we did it in the United States. And it was an awesome response. The young people just responded amazingly. They have a desire to go. They have a desire to serve, um, maybe short term, maybe long term. But we really want to see people's hearts stirred for missions because if missions is not in front of you a lot of times it's just forgotten because we get involved in our lives we get involved in what's happening here with our families and our jobs and it's important but if we if we don't keep missions in front of us we're missing the very heartbeat of God because God has a heart for the nations and he wants to see everyone saved everyone that has not heard he wants to give them the opportunity to hear so that's all I want to share with you. I'm going to introduce my husband. He's from the Philippines. Although I was a missionary in the Philippines, we did not meet in the Philippines. We met in Thailand. Um, but praise the Lord, God was preparing me by having me be a missionary in the Philippines for six years so that I could know his culture, 
Unfortunately, his language is different than the one that I learned, but that's okay. God can help us with that. And so, um, like my dad said, this is his first time in the United States. I'm so blessed to have him, and he's going to share the word of God with you today. So let's welcome mm. him. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Good morning, everyone. Praise the Lord. This is my first time in the U.S. So when, when I was in Philippines and Thailand, I am the one of the best speaker of English. <laughs> but I don't know right now where's my place is. But I do believe that the presence of the Lord is in this place. I believe that the Lord will be able to penetrate in every heart in this place. And... I just want to have a quick greeting. So if you have father besides you, just give them an affirmation how great they are because today is a Father's Day. So can you just tell them happy Father's Day? Awesome. That is very good. Hallelujah. All right. So I will just go in my topic. Can you go to the next slide? My topic for today is about underdog. Many people are, can relate to this topic because I, I was one of them. I am one of the people, the, I am one of the people that being treated as underdog. So if you will find out the meaning of underdog is this is a people that can predict that they're weak. This is the people that can possibly know that they are having a little chance of winning in different battles. And I believe every one of us has a different battles in life. So today I will talk about David. And as David has been an underdog in his young age. So according to 1 Samuel 17, 32, don't worry. Go back please. Don't worry about this Philistine. David told Saul, I go fight him or fight this Philistine. Many of us are believing that when people are trying to make us little in their eyes, we cannot do anything. Can I say to you that when the Lord calls you, you'll never be an underdog? Sometimes just only in our perspective. In our own mindset that we are weak, that we are little. But can I tell to you that when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you will receive power. That you will receive an extraordinary identity that the Lord has for you. I do believe when I, when I, when I come to mission field, I never know how to speak English. Do you believe in that? In... From my primary school until college, it's, English is one of our subjects in school. And I really don't give focus on that because I know I would just stay in the Philippines, so what can I use for it? <laughs> but one day, the Lord called me, and the Lord, the Lord said to me, I want you to go in Thailand. So I came there without knowing English. So I said, Lord, how can I communicate with these people? started to work, 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 work on my English. I started to watch movies, English movies. I started to read books, English books. My Bible is English. So on that day, I learned to myself that every time that the Lord calls people, He's never called the qualified one. He, quali he, he calls those unqualified. Why? Because he is the one who will be able to qualify the unqualified. Because he's the one who called them. So the same thing with David. People think that when you are young, you don't do anything. You just, re you just relay to your parents, to your older siblings. And that's how, works. That's how life works. But I will tell you this morning how important for us to be able not to think that we are underdog, that we are a top dog, 
This is not boxing, but I would like you to relate on this because I know when God selects people, He selects them for a greater purpose. Sometimes you feel you are rejected. You've never been accepted by anybody. Even the person beside you, they might not be accepting you. But you know, when God, when people not when people rejected you, God will select you. In the book of 1 Samuel 16, when the time that God told to Samuel, I would like you to go to the house of Jess. I would like you to pick another king for my people. Imagine David, the youngest among the eight siblings, he was not being invited. He is, he is forgotten. And some of us can relate on this. There is a family gathering. Why I'm not invited? I'm part of the family. There's a ministry in the church. Why they're being invited? Why I'm not? It's rejection. But can I say to you sometimes, when people rejecting you, God can pick you up. God can appoint you, not just elect you. There's a difference between appointing and electing. Electing is voted by people. Appointed is appointed by the power of God. And God has given us a chance for us to be able to understand where we belong in the kingdom of God. And we are not belonging to the underdog. We are the top dog. Can we go to the next slide? Goliath was the champion. All of you knows from your Bibles, uh, vacation Bible school, the story about David and Goliath. And David was, was the, small, the, the small guy, but this guy is the champion. The Bible said in 1 Samuel 17 that since Goliath was young, he's already, he's already winning every battle in the Philistine side. And then the next one, please, is David. David is the shepherd. He's just a shepherd boy. According to the Bible, when the time that Samuel asked Jess, is, there's all his, is this all of your son? And, some, and Jess said, nope, I have one more, but he's just a young boy who are shepherding my ship. Can you see how hard for a son to receive this kind of word? And for me, receiving that kind of word, it will hurt me a lot. It will put me, you know, not having confidence in myself. But like what I said, when the Lord calls you, He calls to you. This is the thing. Sometimes Goliath said, it's the giant. But, you know, there's people, even in our generation, when you look at them, they look so tough. When, when they walk, it's like no one will be able to defeat them. You know? But the thing is, the Lord don't measure the appearance. God don't look to, in, in your appearance. I don't care. God don't care about your appearance. Do you know what God cares is? Your heart. Imagine, Goliath is very an experienced guy. But David is just a young boy. But he's been able to defeat his Goliath because of his heart. So today, I just only have three points to share with you. Number one, next slide, please. Next slide, please. Number one is the test. If you have tests in life, can you raise your hand? Come on. Everyone has a test. Everyone has a test. I just want to share with you a little testimony. My mom passed last September, and it's just a sudden death. And I've been living in the mission field for four years already before she died. I think uh, turning five when she died. And I have a question in my heart that I said, Lord, why you get my mom? I'm serving you fully, 
in the mission field. I mean, I lay down everything to you. I surrender my dreams. I surrender my career. I surrender my family. Why, God, you take the life of my mom? And on that time, I can make a decision if I should go back in the mission field. I can say to myself, no, don't go back anymore. If the Lord did not grant your prayer, making your mom be alive, there's no, there's no point for you to be able to go to the mission field. But you know, I realize this is a test. When the time called Abraham, he called in, a, in his old age. Old age, but received his son in his age of 100. And the Lord said, I would like you to offer your son to me. It's a test. When the, when the time that the Lord called the Israelites going to the wilderness, to the promised land, the Lord tested them in 40 years. It's a test. But can I say to you that today, when you are having a test, it's just a test for you to be able to receive the greater things from God. Test is not a bad thing. But sometimes she will be like this. Oh, yeah, but in the test, Lord, I pray for you, God. Why you don't give me an answer? Why you don't speak to me? But can I say to you, who are you, when you are in school, when you have a test in school, have you ever heard your teacher speak? No. Because you are in the test. It's a part of life for us to be able to understand that when you are in the test of life, it means you learned before. It's that a measurement for you to be able where you are right now. The Lord is speaking to every one of us that when we are in the test, there's nothing to be surrendered. You don't need to give up. It's just a test. Can we go to the next one, please? Oh, can you go back again? Sorry. Yes. Okay, so this is the test for David. David is just a young boy. He said, his brother said, why are you here? Just go back there and shepherd the ship. You don't, we don't need you here. Criticism. Rejection. And then, David said, David rise up and said, I will fight this giant. And his leader said, no, you're just a boy. You cannot fight and win over this, God, over this giant. And then when he is facing the battle, Goliath is in front of him. Am I a dog? And you just only have a stick in your hand? Rejection. Some of us are like this. We are being criticized by our own family, with your leader, with your enemy. But you know the big response of David? That's the test of David. And his response is to rise up over that criticism. Many people stop because of that. And I believe when you're being criticized not just only by your family, your friends, and your enemy, you will lose your confidence to face anyone. You will lose everything that you have in your heart when you are hearing those kinds of words from them. So let's go to the next one. Because sometimes it takes a greater insult for you to be able and receive the greatest victory. If you can see, before you achieve your greatest victory, you need to face the greatest insult. It's not for you to carry a lot of baggage, but for you to be able to become equipped by God. I received my calling in my, in my age of 21. I was born as Christian, but I don't live as a Christian. I just have a re-encounter in my age of 21. And I have a lot of things that I need to be surrendered. I just finished my college, and I have a big, like, expectation that I will be a rich guy. 
You know, it's just normal in the Philippines. When you are the older, you need to have money for you to be able to support your family. But I said to the Lord, Lord, if you are really just called me, please let everything be in the right position before I leave. My mom and my dad is against it because I am the eldest. So I said, Lord, am I need to go or I just stay and just work for them? So the Lord said, nope, I don't want you here. I want you there. And for me, it's like, Lord, I'm not equipped enough. People are saying to me that I cannot accomplish anything. I cannot be a successful person in the field that I am going to. This is, I heard this from my, from my parents. I heard this from the friend of my parents. And I said, Lord, am I really cold? But the Lord said, they are not the one who called you. I am the one who called you. They can say a lot of things about you, but they are not the one who are going to send you. I am the one who are going to send you. So in our life, it's the same. God has a test that's putting in everyone's life, but I would like you to know that when God called you, people will say a lot of things about you, but don't listen to them. Listen on what God is going to tell you. Because in the next slide, it says that if you are tested, you can be trusted. Do you believe in that? It's the same thing when you get appliances, you know. You don't buy an appliances if you don't test it. I will not buy a microwave oven if I don't test it. Same with the people. God can just only use people that has been tested. Because the greater the test it is, the greater the victory that God has given to us. And it says there, but without testing, there's no way to measure what you've learned. Test is part of life. But you need to make a decision for you to be able to finish the test. Not all people pass the test. Sadly, not all people pass the test. But if we are going to just depend on the Lord, on how God can use you, on how God can use you to defeat your giant, you will know that you pass the test. And I believe in my heart, I pass the first grade of my test. It's just the first grade. <laughs> Tests will not end until you fulfill the very purpose of God in your life. You can say to me that I'm accepted on that. I'm a teacher now. Nope. Even teacher have a test that they need to pass. And same with every one of us. We are in different age group. But I believe even you are in the youngest age group or the young, young, young age group, everyone has still a test. But it's up to us on how we will be able to finish and pass the test. Amen? Amen. So let's go to number two. Number two is the challenge. This is the conditioning of the will. Imagine, everyone who passed a challenge, yes? Yes? We have challenge. Israelite has been challenged by Goliath for 40 days and 40 nights. This is the thing. Sometimes when you heard a challenge, it's either you close your ears or hear the challenge. Right? Is it right? There is challenges in our life that we don't want to hear because we are afraid to face it. We are afraid to be the real who we are, know who the real are. And in these days, at the time, Israelite is one of the greatest kingdom of all. They are the greatest. They have the very best king, King Saul, at the time. But you know, when the time, that the, when, the time when Goliath are challenging them, you know the response of everyone? According to the Bible, they are all afraid. 
Even King Saul is afraid. You know what he did when he heard this? And David said, I am the one who is going to fight to him. As a leader, you don't just give your armor to your follower. Right? Imagine, King Saul is very experienced man at the time. He has his own armor, but he is afraid with the challenge. He is afraid with the challenge. That's why he just took off his armor and tried to give it to David. Why? Because he's afraid. And people in our generation, and even in the past generation, not accepted the challenge. They just want to go out and not fighting the challenge. But there is a young guy who fights. There is a young guy who fights. This is the thing. Everyone of us has a challenge. And sometimes it not end up on what we think it will going to end up. In 1 Samuel 17, there is one thing that is missing. There is one thing that is missing. If you want to win your challenges, there's one thing that you need to know and one thing you need to do. You need to acknowledge God. If you will read 1 Samuel 17, 1 Samuel 17, you can read it in your house. There is one thing missing, acknowledging the presence of God. But there is only one guy who acknowledged the very presence of God. And that is David. That is, that's why he won the battle. That's why he won the test. That's why he won the challenge. You know why? Because he acknowledged the presence of God. Many of us, we don't win the challenges of our lives. Why? Because we don't and we forget to acknowledge the very presence of God. Challenge is everywhere. You face in your right, oh, he's a challenge. You face on your left, oh, he's a problem. You face in front, oh, he's going to be attested. But I would like to let you know, wherever you face, you face on your right, left, front, at back. If you know how to acknowledge the very presence of God, you will be able to win whatever battle you are in too. God is not a respecter person. He will be able to use anyone to defeat a giant. Can you go to the next slide? Challenge will stretch your ability. Abilities and challenges will bring out the warrior inside of you. Sometimes we are doubting ourselves. We just keep doubting ourselves. Can I do this? Do you think I can win this battle? Can I, do you think I'll be able to pass the test? There's doubt always in, in our heart. Because we think we are not capable of doing it. But can I say to you that there is a warrior inside of you that you never know. Can I say to you that right now in your heart, there is something that the Lord is going to stir up that you think that you don't have? I will tell you. Next, please. If there's a Goliath in front of you, on your right side, on your left side, on your back, can I say to you that there is a great David living inside of you? Not just only David. The Bible said when Jesus died on the cross, he don't just go away and live in heaven. He lives here as well, inside of us. There is a great warrior inside of you. All you need to do is to discover it, let the test test it, let the challenge challenge it, and you will be able to find out how great the God, the Jesus, the David that is living inside of you. Next one, please. And number three and the last, the rest. This is a very big word to, to say because taking a risk is not always come 
in a positive thing. Making decision is a rest. You can make a decision now, but you can find out later if your decision is right or wrong. There's a lot of people right now in my generation. I have a lot of friends study with me in Calvary Bible School. It's a Bible school, like a one-year course. And all of us are on fire at the time, you know. We would like to go out. We would like to preach the word. We would like to do this. We would like to make people saved. We would like to preach um, in the buses. We would like to preach in the jeepney and make Jesus known. But after the graduation... No one take the rest. Hey, God, use me. Allow me to preach your word, and I'm going to follow you. But after the graduation, all of them stayed. All of them just stay in the comfort zone where they are right now. No one wants to take a rest because it's very dangerous. You know, you would like to, I would like to support you but I don't know where should I get the money. It's a rest. I would like to serve God, but I have worked to, for me to be provided. It's a rest. Like what I said to you before, I am the oldest in the family. And in the Philippine culture, when you are the eldest, you need to support your family. Schooling of your siblings and, you know, provision for your parents. Thanks. And I said, Lord, if I will not going to do this, allow me to pass this rest. So I need to make a very, very crucial decision. If I should stay or if I should go. And I said, Lord, I think I am in the middle now. <laughs> I don't know what should I choose, my family or the ministry. And I said, Lord, help me doing it. But you know, I am in the test at the time too. I don't receive any word from the Lord at the time. So Lord, please help me. I don't know what to do. But you know, when the Lord puts you in the test, God makes sure that you're equipped to make the right decision. Do you believe on that? So when I was in that position, I said, Lord, I will stand on what I think I am called for. So I go out after my graduations of my Calvary Bible School, three days after, I just get my ticket and just fly going to Thailand. Not knowing, not knowing what should I do, not knowing what ministry should I do, not knowing what people looks like, not knowing what ministry look like, not knowing language look like, and all of those things. But I said, Lord, I'm taking the risk because I believe when I am the one who will be able to be used by you, whatever challenges that I'm going to encounter will just be simple. Will just be little. And on that kind of time, on those time, it's the same thing happened in the life of David. Can you go to the next one, please? Because sometimes we don't want to take a rest. Because without trying, not trying the best that God can lay down in your life, it means you're just running away from your calling. You're still young, or you are not young anymore, but you still have calling in God. The Bible said that your calling is irrevocable. Since the time that you are in the womb of your parents, of your, of your mom, God has a calling for you already. And without trying, this is the same thing what happened in the Israelites. The whole army, the king, never tried. They are afraid to take the rest. And just only David were been able to take the rest and won the battle. Many of us are very afraid to take the rest. But can I say to you that without trying, you will not be able to accomplish things? Without trying, you will not be able to receive the greatest victory of your life. I believe where you are right now is not yet the final product of God. Do you believe on that? 
Do you believe that where you are right now, or what you are right now, is not yet the best product of God in your life? There is more awaits for you. There is greater things await for you. But for you to be able to receive that, like the promised land, you need to take the risk. You need to make the decision of your life for you to be able to the promised land. Promised land is given. But you need to have a work. You need to do your part to be able to receive that promised land. And every one of us are having the same thing. Because all of us are having different challenges. One person have different challenges. One person have different tests. What? One person have different risks to take. But can I say to you that when the Lord calls people, He's just using ordinary people. He don't use educated people. In the Old Testament, if you will see how powerful God used the 12 disciples of God, of Jesus, they're not... And they are uneducated. They never go to school. In fact, some of them are just fishermen. Tax collector. Can I share to you something? Before the Lord called me, I grew up in a fish pond. You know, from my granddad to my grand-granddad, my granddad, my dad, all of, them, all of them are fishermen. Our job is very dirty. We catch fish in the mud. We catch crab, fish, shrimp, all of those things. I started working in the age of nine years old. And I said, Lord, if my parents are fishermen, I can be a fisherman too. I can die as a fisherman as well, and probably my children will be a fisherman as well. Ordinary, peop- ordinary person, you know. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm satisfied in this kind of life. But like what I said, people have different calling. People has a different call from God. So I continue working. No, I go to school. I have a lot of mud in my ears. I smell so bad. My nails and my, my face still have like mud in my face because I'm, I'm studying at the time as well. So my friend said, oh, you have something in your ears. Is there a bug? No, it's a man. <laughs> you know, those kind of things. But right now, I can say I was a fisherman before. And God called me to fishers to become a fishers of men. And you have the same thing, guys. Whatever your status right now, wherever you are right now, whatever job you have right now, God can turn that. God can easily turn that. You just need to take the rest. Because as long you said yes to God, I would like to let you know, this is what's going to happen. God can use an ordinary people, ordinary person, using an ordinary sling and stone to defeat an extraordinary giant. Do you have giant in front of you right now? Just willing to submit in the will of God. And I will make sure to you, I will testify and witness before you, God can use you in a way that you will never imagine. I never imagined I would go to the U.S., I never imagined that I would go to, to Thailand to preach the word of God. All I know in my mind and my perspective is just, I will stay in the Philippines because this is my comfort zone. I will stay in the Philippines because this is where my family is. I will stay in the Philippines because the ministry is in there. But God changed the perspective because God equipped me with his tests. God equipped me with this challenge, God equipped me to make the rest. You know why? Because sometimes people doubt the product. 
What can I say to you? You are not doubting the product. You are doubting the manufacturer. You know who's the manufacturer? It's God. You are God's product. And you, when you start doubting the product of God, you are not doubting the product. You are doubting God himself. God, I, I told you, God don't just call you by your name. God handpicked you to go somewhere to do his will. He don't just call you by name. We know that I, our identity is with God. He is our identity. But you have a part to make for you to be able to accomplish the very purpose of God in your life. I will just end on this. Next slide, please. Next slide, please. One more. Is that all? I'm sorry. Oh, can you go back one more slide, please? This is what I learned in life. And I would like to share it to you, and I will close with this. Loser, stop when they are tired. But winner, stop when they win or won the battle. It's up to you guys where you can put yourself. All I know, I'm a winner. All I know, I will just stop when I finish the battle. I will not stop when I was tired. I have a lot of point in my life that I can stop. But I choose not to stop. I choose still to serve God. I have a right to curse God of getting my mom. I have a right to say, Lord, you don't exist. Lord, I refuse to serve you. I have a choice doing all those things. I have a choice to say all of those things to God. But I'd rather not. Because I believe, even though God take the life of my mom, there is a greater plan and purpose that the Lord has for me and even for you. Whatever situations where you are right now, I would, like to tell, I would like you to know that when the Bible said to Moses, go to Parao, and Moses said, who, I, who, I, who am I to go to Parao, the king of Egypt? But you know what God said? You don't need to worry. I am. I am. I am going with you. I am your wisdom. I am your provision. I am your revelation. I am, I am, I am, I am, and I am. The Lord said, I am. And I would like to let you know, put in your heart, wherever you go, whoever go, who, who you are going to face, whatever challenges, tests, risks that you are going to encounter, I would like you to put in your heart who God is in your heart, who Jesus is in your heart. And that's the best thing that you, we can do, all of us we can do for the kingdom of God. God bless you all.